Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Christy and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, February 8th. Today we are reading from the big book. We are at page 122, very first two paragraphs. Today's readers are Amy, Kim, Paula, and Sharon. The reference number for Thursday, February 7th, is 3851. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Diane to read the 12 steps. Good morning, this is Diane from New Hampshire, a compulsive overreader. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Thank you, Diane. I will now ask Anne S. to read the 12 traditions. Uh, Hi, good morning. My name is Anne. I am a compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, 
for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest money problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Anne. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 122 at the very top of the page, and I will ask Amy to please read the first two paragraphs. Good morning. My name is Amy. I'm a compulsive overeater from Maryland. Good morning, everyone. The Family Afterward, Chapter 9. Our women folk have suggested certain attitudes a wife may take with the husband who is recovering. Perhaps they created the impression that he is to be wrapped in cotton wool and placed on a pedestal. Successful readjustment means the opposite. All the members of the family should meet upon the common ground of tolerance, understanding, and love. This involves a process of deflation. The alcoholic, his wife, his children, his in-laws, each one is likely to have fixed ideas about the family's attitude towards himself or herself. Each is interested in having his or her wishes respected. We find the more one member of the family demands that the others concede to him, the more resentful they become. This makes for discord and unhappiness. And why? 
Is it not because each wants to play the lead? Is, it not, is not each trying to arrange the family show to his liking? Is he not unconsciously trying to see what he can take from the family life rather than give? Wow, well, these paragraphs are, are really pretty loaded here, and um, it's pretty clear based on the prior chapter, you know, we've been reading to the, you know, to wives, to the wives here, that for a compulsive overeater to think that they only affect themselves, that this disease only affects themselves, is clearly, clearly in denial. I mean, this is a disease that not only warps the mind of the compulsive overeater, I mean, I can say this for me, but it warps my mind, warped my mind, it warped my actions, I was selfish, I was self-centered, but to think that it only affected me, self, it was clearly a crazy thing to think because it warps the entire family. My entire family was centered around addictions and compulsive overeating and other addictions with my family, and our entire family became warped. I love what it says in the... Um, Big book on page 82. It says here, the alcoholic life is like a tornado roaring his way through the lives of others. Hearts are broken. Sweet relationships are dead. Affections have been uprooted. Selfish and inconsiderate habits have kept the home in turmoil. We feel a man is unthinking when he says that sobriety is enough. He is like the farmer who came up out of his cyclone cellar to find his home ruined. To his wife, he remarked, don't see anything the matter here, Ma. Ain't it grand the wind stopped blowing? Yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. We must take the lead. A remorseful mumbling that we are sorry won't fit the bill at all. We have to sit down with the family and frankly analyze the past as we now see it, being very careful not to criticize them. Their defects may be glaring, but the chances of that our own actions are partly responsible. So we clean house with the family, asking each morning in meditation that our Creator show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. So here the recovery process is a family process. We each have our own and self-centered ways. Addiction has warped and compulsive overeating has warped the family. And we need to show tolerance on the common ground here, it says, the common ground of tolerance, understanding, and love. And this involves the process of deflation. Well, here we go again. What is the 12 steps about? It's about ego deflation. We need to come together as a family to say, for me, for example, to say to my family, to make amends to my family, to not judge my family, to focus on my own recovery, to not point fingers outward to other family members saying, you made me do this, you made me do that, you made me eat or something like that, to not be focused on them but be focused on what it is that I need to do for me and also accept that others may be sick in my family, that others are going to need to find their own way. This is something that the program offers. I've always thought there should be an anybody's anonymous because everyone can benefit from the spiritual program that this program offers us, the spiritual way of life that this program offers us. Because chances are we have a family that is not functional here and that everyone needs to work together and understand what this disease has done to the family and be willing to work towards a better way of understanding and communicating each other, communicating with each other. But for the compulsive overeater, it's trust and reliance on God, love and tolerance of others. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy. Would anyone else like to share on these two paragraphs? 
This is Paula. May I share? Of course, Paula. Go ahead. Thank you. This would be Paula. And you know, this says so much in this first paragraph, but I'm going to scoot right on down. And why? Is it not because each wants to play the lead? They're the question. It's not each trying to arrange the family show to his liking. You know, this disease, as was written the paragraph before, is not encapsulated. It is not a disease that stays within itself. It spreads out. And here we see the spread through the family. And it says the in-laws, the all. But this part here, now it's specific, is not each trying to arrange, and there it always is. But then again it says, is he not unconsciously? They don't even realize. It's unconscious what they've done, trying to see what he can take from the family life. And there where the transformation has to be, rather than give. But see, it's always been in the taking, not in the giving. And this is where the change must take place, as is written in the back of the book, but in the spiritual experience. But does it not also say on the Lasker Award, and I'll read it again, historians may one day recognize Alcoholics Anonymous to have been a great venture in social pioneering. They're the family which forged a new instrument for social action, a new therapy based on the kinship of common suffering. That's where this family comes together. One having a vast potential for the married other ills of mankind. As was just said, it's good for all. For all. Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Mm, thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to share on these paragraphs? Good morning, it's Leah. Leah, go ahead. Thank you so much. Uh, Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. All members of the family should meet upon the common ground of tolerance, understanding, and love. Obviously, these are the universal principles, and they work for all of us, and they take us to a higher level so that we're not operating out of emotion. Because when I'm operating out of emotion, emotions fluctuate. I could feel on the top of the world at 3 p.m., loving and tolerant to all. But at 4 p.m., you know, if if I'm not in the mood or if I'm feeling angry, uh, you know, everybody's going to pay. But what if the standard, our, uh, standard is set on principles like tolerance, understanding, and love? Then my emotions and my feelings can ebb and flow as emotions and feelings often do, but yet my standard of my thinking and, of course, all action is born in thought, the standard of my thinking and my actions are consistent, predictable, stabilized through the program of recovery. It says this involves a process of deflation. The alcoholic, his wife, his children, his in-laws, each one is likely to have fixed ideas about the family's attitude towards himself or herself. Well, the program of recovery uh, teaches me that to get over this disease of compulsive overeating and to get over my spiritual malady is going to require a transformation of my thinking and my attitudes my ideas, my emotions, my core belief system. 
So the program of recovery enables that transformation to occur as long as I realize that the goal is God-centeredness, not self-centeredness. It says we find the more one member of the family demands that the others concede to him, the more resentful they become. This makes for discord and unhappiness. Meaning that to the degree that I demand anything from anybody else is my sobriety, my emotional sobriety, and my stability impossible. Because if I'm setting the standard on, I can only behave well if you behave the way I wish you would, then everybody in the family's in trouble. But if I set my standard on, what would God wish for me to do? Then at least I can be a harmonious player on, on the stage of life. Because resentment, you know, it says here that the others concede to him, the more resentful they become. Resentment is an inside job. You know, everybody's got to be responsible for their own uh, landscape between their ears. Happiness is also an inside job. How, how can that happen? That can happen if I'm stabilized by these principles. Because they are constant. They don't, they don't shift depending on situations. They don't move around depending on circumstances, depending on what's going on in the environment. They are always solid. They are rock solid, and they bring rock solid results, meaning that if I behave that way, I am able to be in alignment with a higher power. And if I'm in alignment with a higher power, then I am safe and protected. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to uh, talk on what was read, share on what was read? Hi, this is Melanie. Melanie, go ahead. Hi, good morning. My name is Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Minnesota today. And I would like to look at the successful readjustment means the opposite. So as I'm looking at this, what I'm saying, seeing here is that Perhaps uh, the chapter before, remembering, you know, this is a chapter to the family afterwards. We're, you know, we've gone through the stuff. We know the steps are doing here. Now the family afterwards, collectively, to include the alcoholic together. And the chapter before said it may have left us with an impression that um, our alcoholic would be wrapped in cotton, placed on a pedestal. And I'm looking at that as Dresden, China, you know, Dresden porcelain, the best. You know, we need to handle it with care. It's very, very tender, very fragile, very expensive. So we're going to put it off over here, and I'm going to want to have to sacrifice. You know, my bleeding heart kind of thing. My, uh, my tendency to, um, you know, to be a martyr is on the, on the, on the, uh, <laughs> on display here. And what they're saying, no. Quite frankly, it's going to be the opposite. And together, we are going to look at this from the area of perhaps step four, five, six, and seven. I'm thinking about my own character defects that flare up. You know, what about me? What about me? What about me? But as a family and in discussing this together, um, we are going to see that the greater good is going to be um, a bend towards our will in alignment with God. And they're going to tell us just exactly how to do that here. I'm not going to have to fight for positioning anymore. But together, in a discussion together, we're going to get this deal. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Melanie. Would anyone else like to share on these two paragraphs? You can press star one to unmute.
Why don't we move on to the next paragraph then. Kim, will you please read the next paragraph for us? Thank you, Christy. The station of drinking is but the first step away from a highly strained abnormal condition. A doctor said to us, years of living with an alcoholic is almost sure to make any wife or child neurotic. The entire family is to some extent ill. Let families realize as they start their journey that all will not be fair weather. Each in his turn may be foot sore and may straggle. There will be alluring shortcuts and bypaths down which they may wander and lose their way. Suppose we tell some of the obstacles the family will meet. Suppose we suggest how they may be avoided, even converted to good use for others. The family of an alcoholic longs for the return of happiness and security. They remember when father was romantic, thoughtful, and successful. Today's life is measured against that of other years, and when it falls short, the family may be unhappy. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And uh, how beautiful. You know, the family afterwards, and as, as Melanie said, this is after you've been through the steps. You know, I always like to point out that step 12 has three parts. You know, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. So this means that at this point, we have had that spiritual awakening. We've had that spiritual experience. The second part is, is to carry that message to other suffering compulsive overeaters, which is the chapter working with others. And the third part is to practice these principles in all of my affairs. So the for the wives, the family afterwards, the employers, that's where we learn how do we practice these principles in all of our affairs now that we are recovered. Because I think a lot of us have that idea is once we're recovered, everything's going to be okay. We can go back to being whoever we want to be. The work is over. Woo! Those steps were tough. Now I can just relax. And this is where the real work begins. I mean, that first sentence, cessation of drinking, is but the first step away from a highly strained and abnormal condition. And unfortunately, I think a lot of us in OA think that abstinence is the goal. And we're being reminded once again that, that abstinence, cessation of drinking, is the beginning. That's what makes us available for this 12 steps. Because we have a twofold disease. We have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. And if all we had was the allergy of the body, then cessation of our drinking would be the last step. We would simply stop eating and everything would be okay. But since we have this obsession of the mind, the cessation of our drinking is but the first step. Away from a highly strained and abnormal condition. And that highly strained and abnormal condition is for the most part the, the, the um, obsession of the mind. And that first paragraph and the second sentence, suppose we tell you some of the obstacles a family will meet. Suppose we suggest how they may be avoided, even converted to good use. It doesn't say that there may be some obstacles. It says we will tell you how to, suppose we tell you how to tell you some of the obstacles. So one of the things I have found is that pain is not about change. change pain comes from our resistance to the change. We are going to need to change in this program. This whole program is about change, and that change is, is achieved through the steps. And what the amazing thing is with this compulsive ovarian disease that we have is that we have the opportunity through this 12-step program to be better after we go through the program than we were before 
we even have the disease. So the family afterward, our relationships with our wives, with our husbands, with our children, with our parents, with our siblings, has the potential to be better than it ever was. And that's my experience. I have deeper relationships with family and friends and employers and coworkers than I ever would have had if I ever had this disease of compulsive overeating. So this chapter is essential because this is where we're going to learn to be among our fellows, to be among our family and our, and our friends and our relatives. And what a gift this chapter is. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to share on these two paragraphs? You will need to press star one to unmute. This is Patricia, may I share? Of course, Patricia, go ahead. I just wanted to share on this piece right here where it says, um, there will be alluring shortcuts and bypaths down which they may wander and lose their way. In my experience with recovery um, is that I have in the past tried to change my behavior instead of now here in the present allowing God to change me and staying close to God in the past, I would see my behavior and try to change it. And therefore, that was a shortcut or, or a bypass down which um, they may wander and lose their way. See, because I was still in control. When I tried to change my own behavior and I, I saw that I was selfish, self-centered, self-seeking, I saw all that, and I, so I tried to change it, I lost my way because God has to do this. I have to get close to God. I can't do this. If I could change myself, I wouldn't need the program. I wouldn't even need God, you know. But that's how I lost my way. Anyways, thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Patricia. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Paula Mashia. Sure, Paula, go ahead. Thank you. You know, it's strange that it starts with the word sensation. Cessation, which is to stop. So it starts with stopping. <laughs> there the beginning of drinking is but, and what does it say, a first step? And is that truly not the first step? From a highly strained, abnormal condition, and does it not tell us in this book, but the odd drinking or whatever your choice is, compulsive eating, if that is what it is, is the beginning. It is just the symptom. It runs far deeper than that. And as this paragraph states very clearly, strained, abnormal condition. Wow. That is quite the difference. But then it goes on and it says, years of living with an alcoholic is almost sure to make any wife or child neurotic. There is the infected truly and there is the affected just as truly, no doubt there. The entire family is, to some extent, ill. But, you know, I love this next line. Let families realize as they start their journey. Isn't that wonderful? It's not a one-stop deal, honey. It's like a bus stop. There's like 12 stops, honey. It isn't a one-stop deal. And then we continue on. They all will not they all will not be fair weather. Well, let's think about that one. Oh yeah. There's stormy clouds ahead, honey. Prepare for it. Prepare for it. How do we prepare for it? We go to God. We ask for strength. Where do we go now? What do we do? How do we do it? All those. 
and in each turn, yep, there will be some stragglings, but I like this. There will will be alluring. Be clear, be clear here. Shortcuts. Don't take them. They won't get you into the same place. And bypass down which they may wander. Ever wander and look around? How the heck did I get here? And lose their way. You need to remember always, God in the lead. You won't lose your way then. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to share on these two paragraphs? This is Leah. Melanie? Uh, Leah, go ahead, and then Melanie after Leah. Thank you so much. Uh, I, too, wanted to speak on this statement, cessation of drinking is but the first step away from a highly strained abnormal condition. You know, I recall uh, earlier in the text when uh, it it describes the situation I'm in quite quite well on page 52, and it says, we were having trouble with personal relationships, we couldn't control our emotional natures, we were prey to misery and depression, we couldn't make a living, we had a feeling of uselessness, we were full of fear, we were unhappy, we couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. Um, you know, a food plan is not going to take care of that. <laughs> uh, I didn't have a rough time compulsively overeating. I compulsively overate very, very well. I was an expert at that activity. What I couldn't do was live life. I couldn't cope with life. I had a rough time living. So the fact that I've put down my binge foods, the fact that I've eliminated the substances that trigger a phenomenon of craving is just the first step, most necessary, obviously, obviously has to be the first thing that's done. But it's but the first step away from a highly strained abnormal condition. And that highly strained abnormal condition primarily resides between my two ears uh, and, in, and involves other people. So, you know, treating compulsively, compulsive overeating and treating uh, the neighborhood between my ears with with merely a food plan is like putting a band-aid on a fatal wound the treatment is not appropriate for the condition so what is the treatment well it's going to be the program of recovery and i have to know what that is it says there will be alluring shortcuts and bypass down which they will may wander and lose their way you know if you don't know where you're going any road will get you there But the big book makes it clear what my goal, my aim, and my objective is, and that is a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And once I am recovered, well, (laughs) I can't rest on my laurels. I've got to maintain that vision, not the vision of my will, not the vision of uh, my own agenda, the vision of God's will. So the secret of these 12 steps is that, yes, yes, indeed, it is possible to effectuate such a dramatic change in personality, in character, in values. And, of course, that will affect the family because it's much like ballroom dancing. When one person changes the footwork, the other person automatically has to change their footwork to some degree. So when it says sensation of drinking, cessation of drinking, I mean, this program of recovery 
is, is much more than just the simple elimination of binge foods. This is about wholeness. This is about soundness. This is about restoration of self and families. This is about a reordered life, a renewed life, a new life, a new happiness. This is the message of hope that the program of recovery offers. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Leah. Melanie, go ahead. Hi, this is Melanie again, compulsive overeater. Um, Right on. That was great. And that brings me right back to then what is this? There will be alluring shortcuts. What is that? For me, it's my character defects. Those are my alluring shortcuts and bypass down a place I don't want to go. And why is that the case? Because I have a self-will. I have a free will. And there's things that I want. And they come in conflict absolutely with what you want regularly, regularly. Well, how in the world is that going to change things? You know, if I'm, all, if I'm bringing to the fighting ring here the things that I want, that I want, that I want, and um, what will happen if I never get what I want? Well, there's the idea that I, I deal with every day, that I have this free will. And um, the, the uh, first paragraph said that um, to change that, it's going to involve a process of deflation. So in my mind, I'm thinking um, I don't necessarily like that. So again, how is that going to change for me? Well, I'm going to come around other people that are bending their will in order to align with God. Because what I know is that self cannot save self. And when I read these kinds of things here, that's what I'm going to be able to bring and be assured of. That self cannot save self. I'm going to have to lean into that higher power through the the working of these steps, the four through seven in this particular case, recognize what that, that character defect is, being willing to have it bend to God's will. Matter of fact, I'm probably going to even have to have God's strength and power to to let my will be willing to be willing <laughs> to bend to God's will, quite frankly. And then how is that going to happen? Well, I'm going to hang out with other people that are already bending to God's will so I can see how it's done. So that particular influence brings about the hope and the proof that it happens, and I'm not going to miss out on that deal. With that, I pass. Thank you, Melanie. Well, this is Christy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And, you know, I, too, like that, that first sentence, the cessation of drinking is but the first step away from a highly strained abnormal condition. And what I'm really grateful for today is that I didn't start reading the big book on page 122, third paragraph down. You know, when I came into OA um, the second time, you know, the first time I weighed 340 pounds, the second time I weighed 300 pounds, and if, if I would have started reading on page 122 that um, cessation of drinking is but the first step, but the first step, that was it for me. You know, I would have run screaming in the other direction. I would have, you know, I couldn't run at 300 pounds, but let's just say, um, I, I would have put, put the book down and said, I, there's no way. If you're telling me that, the, you know, that putting the food down is, is only the first part of this, I, <laughs> I, can't even, I can't do that. I can't do that. That's impossible. That is absolutely impossible. And um, for me, what I needed to learn is that uh, you know, I needed to start reading in the big book in the very beginning, you know, in the doctor's opinion where it describes what the, what the twofold illness is that I have, which is I've got an obsession of the mind um, and I've got an allergy of the body. My body reacts abnormally to certain foods. And uh, the greater aspect of my disease certainly is the obsession of the mind. 
And, uh, you know, what I know about myself and my addiction is that I was restless, irritable, and discontent. I was restless, irritable, and discontent when I ate. And guess what? When I put the food down, I was restless, irritable, and discontent. So what was I going to do about that? What was I going to do about that? I was going to pick up the big book and follow the program of recovery as it is outlined. So the book was written um, under the premise that the food is down. In my case, I have put the food down. Now I'm going to dig into the steps all 12 of them, in order. I'm going to remember who and what I am every single day. And I'm going to, you know, throw my life's work into recovery instead of throwing my life away in the food. I, um, you know, I needed to learn how to live without picking up that first bite. You know, and, and uh, you know, it's wonderful to be, ha- you know, having been at a maintenance weight for almost 10 years. That's, that's, you know, the beauty of what happens for those of us who have to lose weight. Um, and that was the case with me. The greater, the greater aspect of my recovery is that my life has been completely transformed. You know, it doesn't mean that my life is a, a honeymoon as it describes, you know, the, the person who's drinking, you know, they, they want the person to, they want life to return to uh, happiness and security. Well, you know, that is coming from the inside, you know, fear of financial insecurity, you know, being happy, joyous, and free, being able to carry a message of hope and recovery to other people, being able to be a worker among workers and being able to be, you know, there for my parents and there for my family and, you know, not having my own hidden agenda or my own script that's different than everyone else's who's in the play, and I want mine to be the script that everyone else is reading. You know, I don't live my life like that today. I don't, you know, I don't grab on with my fingers and hope that everybody else does what I want them to do. I can let go. I can let go of that today. I can let go of whatever my expectations might be. I can let go of that. Let go, let God. How easy is that? You know, it's, uh, at least it's simple. Not always easy, but one day at a time, one day at a time. You know, I, I just knew from early on I was in a race against this disease and I needed to get to work right away. I needed to get to work right away. And that is what motivated me. That is what motivated me to keep going. And it has worked for me. And, you know, I, you know again, if it can work for me, it can work for anyone. Um, is there anyone else who would like to share on these two paragraphs? Hi, my Hi. name is Kathy. Kathy, go ahead. Yeah. Thanks. I'm a compulsive overeater in Illinois. And... Um, I'm new, I'm not new to the program, I'm new coming back, and um, after being in relapse, off and on, off and on, but anyway, that that first sentence um, about the the stopping the, we have to stop eating, um, I just, I remember the last time that I was um, abstinent or not eating, I I was sharing at a meeting that it's so much easier for me to be spiritual when I'm getting my way, you know, which looking back on that, I think I hadn't surrendered to God's will, you know, I, and that's something I don't know that I've ever done because I, as long as things are going okay, I can be abstinent. But, you know, when things get, well, in this case, 
when I didn't get my way, I said, forget it, you know, and um, so anyway, I'm just, I'm new coming back, and I'm, uh, I haven't read the big book in years, and um, this is, it's awesome, (laughs) so um, with that, I pass, thanks. Thank you, Kathy. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Kate. Can I share? Of course. Kate, go ahead. Hi. Um, what I, I'm Kate. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I, what I'd like to share on is the message that let families realize that as they start their journey, that all will not be fair weather. This isn't saying, you know, now we're in program and we're getting abstinent and everything's going to be, you know, sunshine, rainbows, and bunny rabbits. It's saying here we are able to deal with life on life's terms and, you know, have a different way of dealing with it than going to our addictions and going to our food. And um, it's just... You know, I deal with there's still going to be the same type of problems, the same, you know, there may be job loss, there may be uh, just things that happen in life, and it doesn't mean that I have to pick up. It doesn't mean that I have to, to go out there and, and you know, in turn um, hurt myself or my family because, you know, life through a curveball, it means that I can turn to my higher power. It means that, you know, I can talk to other people in my program. I can use the tools of recovery and get through life situations in a totally different way that it's like just been, you know, this journey's just been amazing because that's not at all how I, I didn't have any of those tools on how to deal with life beforehand. It was it was a problem would arise, and I looked at my <laughs> my bag of addictions and tried to figure out which one of them was going to to make me feel better. And that's all I that's all I had before. And today it's you know how can I get connected? You know how can I I say the Serenity Prayer and which which tool, which writing, calling someone, going to a meeting, or you know, meditating, what tool is going to help me in life today? So thank you for letting me share that. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Kate. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Laura. I would like to. Sure. Go ahead, Laura. Thank you. This is Laura, compulsive overeater in Michigan. And I just can't get past the point about us, the entire family, being sick, ill. And I think about when I had cancer and how it it was very apparent that it affected the whole family. Um, you know, our world became just uh, doctor appointments, the hospital, and and all the loving people that sent cards and food and everything, you know, that there was just constant attention that was coming in. And it was love and care and attention. It was all directed at me. I was the one that had the cancer. And um, it was the caretaker at that, to me, it was like he had cancer too, but he was really kind of on his own and just had to do all this managing 
why I was just trying to heal, and it was a full-time job for me to heal. And I think about my recovery when I first started to get absent, how it was so similar that um, I had um, other people in the program. They were calling me. They were calling me at all hours, which was great. I had meetings to go to. I had books to read uh, and uh, writing and the big book that was by my side all the time. And it was all about me. All my energy in the beginning was around my recovery. And I'm just, I'm grateful that my husband was able to endure that. Um, And it's, you know, has paid off for us. And I think about the beginning authors, they did these 12 steps. They did their, what, their amends and, and, I don't know, less than a week. And it really took, I mean, it took me a lot longer before I got to my fourth, fifth step. Um, Well, I I know for sure it took me over, you know, a good four months. And I, I have to say, I don't think it was until, you know, really about my fifth step, after my fifth step, that I was really able to incorporate more than myself. And then the the rest of the steps took me through the sixth, the seventh, to be humble and and really to be open and uh, learn to incorporate more of life and people and be able to have relationships. And I guess that came around, you know, the ninth, we get our promises. So I, I'm very grateful for these steps and that I'm able to live like the 10th, 11th, 12th on a daily basis of taking my inventory. Once that happened, I take my inventory on a daily basis. Oh, that sure changed my family life, you know. Um, and then to 11, to go to God with my difficulties and then just to go and be of service. I needed all of it, all of it, all of it. And... um you know, we're not as sick here anymore, are this family. And it's just so nice to reap the rewards as long as I do my steps on a daily basis. You know, I can I can prevent that. So uh, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Laura. Would anyone else like to share on these uh, two paragraphs? I'm Sherry. Sherry, no, go ahead. Okay, thank you. Um, I love this a vision for you. Um, I actually look forward to um, each morning, um, it's, and it just helped me tremendously. Um, I have a um, I'm recuperating from a fractured ankle, so I can't get out so easily. So this is perfect. But um, I wanted to comment on um, my uh, the fear that I carried uh, from childhood. Uh, was um, I just had it all, all my life until it's lessened, of course, through the program. Um, <clears throat> but um, due to that fear, um, I constantly tried to control my surroundings. And when when that didn't work, um, is when I would pick up the food. And what a vicious cycle that that is to you know it just doesn't work it doesn't work 
to um, keep on trying to control people, people, you know, places, things, happenings, um, and getting disappointed over and over, and 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 binging. It just, it, you know, I have done that so many years in my life. So I am really grateful um, for OA and and everybody in it. And um, I just I just love this vision for you. Okay, thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Sherry. Paula, why don't you take us into the next uh, reading, if you would, please? I would be glad to. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Family confidence in Dad is rising high. The good old days will soon be back, they think. Sometimes they demand that Dad bring them back instantly. God, they believe, almost owes this recompense on a long overdue account but the head of the house has spent years in pulling down the structure of business, romance, friendship, health. These things are now ruined or damaged. It will take time to clear away the wreck. Though old buildings will eventually be replaced by finer ones, the new structures will take years to complete. Father knows he is to blame. It may take him many sessions of hard work to be restored financially, but he shouldn't be reproached. Perhaps he will never have much money again but the wise family will admire him for what he is trying to be rather than for what he is trying to get. Well, now we see a, a family in transition here. But you know, when it said uh, a couple of paragraphs before, the entire family is to some extent ill. It doesn't say wrong. It says ill. This disease does encompass all. But in, with that distorted thinking also, may I add. So there they are. But now we've come to a better place. Oh, yes, family confidence in Dad is rising high. Oh, good old Dad. And then it says the good old days. We often look back at the good old days and, hmm, perhaps they weren't such good old days. We'll soon be back. I love this. They put a comma there, a comma. They think, oh, yeah. Sometimes they demand that Dad bring them back instantly, like he could. The thinking here, again, has to be changed and and conformed to what is, not what was. And it says, even God they bring into this. God they believe, almost owes. God owes nothing. God gives willingly. On a long overdue account. We bring our willingness, all the rest God brings and gives. But the head of the house has spent years, now here we see, in pulling down the structure of, what does it affect? Business, romance, friendship, health. It will miss nothing. This disease will miss nothing. These things are now ruined or damaged. They can't be used anymore. Do we not see that in the big book in the beginning when we do our steps? When we do our inventory, they can't be used. But this part, it will take time. Give it. This is time well worth spending. How much time did I squander in resentment, anger? Well, this shouldn't happen to me. Well, what if it wasn't this way? Uh-uh. There's no living in the if-onlys and the what-ifs. But that time well spent to clear away. Now, this is what you're doing now. The wreck. Those those old buildings will eventually be replaced. They will by finer ones. The new structure will take years to complete. The new 
structure, what you're building now, a life, and they each have the choice, the lives around them. Father knows he is to blame. He's not saying he isn't. He sees it clearly. It may take him many seasons of hard work to be restored financially, but he shouldn't be reproached. Perhaps he will never have much money again, but the wise family. Ah, and the serenity prayer, it's always wisdom. What comes out of wisdom? The wise family. Here we see it. We'll admire him for what he is trying to be rather than for what he is trying to get. And there the change. Wasn't it always what we could get? Now what we can give. Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to share on these paragraphs? Yes, this is Amy. Amy, 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 go ahead, and then Kim. Good morning. My name is Amy. I am a compulsive overeater from Maryland. Sometimes they demand that Dad bring them back instantly. God, they believe, owes them this recompense on a long overdue account. Well, again, as many have said, you know, the, the family is, is ill, that uh, this disease warps everyone around them. When I was restless, irritable, and discontent, boy, I was discontent to absolutely everybody. I couldn't differentiate the true from the false, and the, my compulsive overeating life was, to me, what I thought was the normal life. And that's the way the family is here in this scenario. It should be no surprise that the family is trying to also adjust to the new behaviors, the new attitudes of the one who is now recovered. And it says in this big book that our recovery is contingent on the maintenance of a spiritual condition. Steps 10, 11, and 12, maintaining ourselves, admitting when we were wrong. Ego deflation, when we wander to say, I'm sorry, but this is what I'm trying to do, and this is how I'm trying to work my program. Extending that program to the family, hoping that they get on board with you and try to live this spiritual life. And when they don't, not judging them. I mean, there should be no surprise if we sometimes run into resistance. They don't know any more of the true and the new life any more than you do when we're in recovery. When we are recovered, we have to show by our actions and our trust and reliance on God that there is a new and a better way out there for the family as well as for the individual. By my actions, by my working the steps, by my trust and reliance, because it is true that cessation of drinking and eating is just the first step. We, we wake up and we look around us and we see things that are ruined, that are damaged. And in most cases, it is relationships with the family, those closest to us, those who love us the most. I saw the damage that I wreaked havoc on upon my entire family, particularly my mother and my father. Trust was not there. They did not trust me at all, and with good reason. And there was resistance. There was resistance, and sometimes there will always be resistance. But what is my job? My job is to continue to show through my actions that my recovery does not depend on them changing or them getting this program, but my recovery depends on my trust and reliance on God, my working the steps, my keeping the food down, what is doing the next right thing in front of me as dictated by what I believe God's will for me is today, not my will. And through those actions, I let God do the rest of the work when it comes to my family. When they ask me questions, when they offer, when they want to know a different way, I am open 
and I am available, and I express, and I tell what I know about this program, and I offer that. And usually through those actions, God does an incredible work. But we shouldn't be surprised by resistance or people saying, look, this is the way I knew it to be. This is the way I want it to go back to. And my way of saying to them is it will never be the way it was, but it will be better. It can be better. And it's hard sometimes to see what is down the road. But by trust relying on this program and those that have gone before that says this is better now. You know, one of the reasons why recovery in the early days and alcoholics was that families were restored. Miraculous things happened with families through these 12 steps that we saw families restored again and again and again when the alcoholic got sober first and then recovered through the 12 steps. And I believe that to be the case here and continues to be the case today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy. And we have time for one more short share. Uh, Kim, if you want to go ahead. Thanks. I'll be quick. Um, it says here, the good old days will soon be back, they think. Sometimes they demand that dad bring them back instantly, instantly. You know, and I think that one of the things that I, I hear, which is the consistency in the big book, is that we always thought food and weight was our trouble. Food and weight was our trouble, which is why we kept failing, because we kept trying to treat the food and the weight. Well, our families thought the same thing. Food and weight was our trouble. So therefore, when we lost the weight and we stopped eating, they expect instantly, instantly everything will be okay. You know, but cessation of drinking is but the first step, and the family doesn't get that either. We don't get that, but the family doesn't get it as well. So I have to recognize I made some sick bargains with people. You know, I was, I was a chameleon of being whoever people wanted to be. And what these steps did is it, it, it transformed me from the sick, alcoholic, tortured human being that I was and slowly I'm becoming the person that God wants me to be, that God wants me to be. And that can be difficult for the family because I'm not becoming who they want me to be because I'm now that I'm thin, I should be, everything should be hunky-dory in their world too. But I'm becoming the person that God wants me to be. And as it says, these old buildings will eventually be replaced by finer ones, but it will take years to complete that. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim, and thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Sharon, will you please read a vision for you? Good morning. This is Sharon. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. 
We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.